0: Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. I'm extremely privileged as well, so this is a really diverse chat. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that besides it's gross. Even the good guys, if you're out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have noticed... (laughs)
0: I I I don't even know what
1: I'm going to say. So I've noticed and this is obviously not that widespread I don't think but there's a particular community of people online who are spending so much time apologising for what they have and the privileges that they have possessed or possess now that they actually let that get in the way of them getting things done. Yeah. So I'm very privileged Um, thank you so much (laughs) to my parents Um, so I grew up in like a upper middle-class household probably middle class of my own accord um, like post grad educated white third-generation immigrant and I have a lot of privilege and I did spend there were a couple of years where I felt like I, I looking back I feel like I did spend a lot of them just feeling really bad that I've been offered all of these opportunities in life and I realize now that I'm a little bit older, first of all, I realize how much my parents and particularly my grandparents actually sacrificed so that I could have this kind of privilege. And I think that is like, um, uh, I think that's the immigrant mentality is to, you know, come to Australia in this case, to make sure that your kids have a better life and their kids have a better life. But because I was like so far removed because my I think my dad had more of that mindset was like oh well because his dad came to australia and left everything um in italy and so my dad is more like more in the mindset of um you know first generation australian um i need to work really hard because my dad gave up so much for me but he didn't really pass that on to me and my sister it was more you know my sister and i just kind of like cruise along being like yeah yeah life's so easy um I shouldn't speak for her. Okay. I did that. <laughs> I was just like, "Cool, woohoo!" Hmm. And only recently, um, since he passed away, actually, did I real my grandpa um, passed away. Did I realize how much he actually sacrificed? Which kind of changed things for me because when I realized that, I thought, "Well, I felt not putting this on to anyone else, but I felt it's almost a disservice to his sacrifice that I spend all my time." feeling bad about everything that i have Mm. and i feel like a lot of people get trapped in this mentally where they feel so bad and it's just like disclaimer city whenever they say anything because they have to take all of this time to you know recognize their privilege recognize everything they haven't experienced etc etc so that their message is so diluted and they kind of are just caught in this ongoing circular argument with themselves because they don't believe that they can stand up for certain issues because they haven't experienced them themselves and i think that is a disservice to those who can't speak up
0: yeah i'm of the mentality definitely where it's like you need to in order to justify your privilege and to you need to make use of it in a way it's like you have more do more mm-hmm. you know better. you know better do better yeah um I'm extremely privileged as well. So this is a really diverse chat. (laughs) Fuck. But when I think about it, um, my parents were from extremely different households. So my mother was from a very upper class affluent family. Mm -hmm. And my father was from an extremely low income family. Mm -hmm. It was like very much a situation of my mother. Um, Her father was an accountant that had his own corporation sort of thing. And, um, my mother was a housewife, and they lived in like the northern sort of beaches suburbs of Sydney. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the North Shore, and mm-hmm. da. And then my father, sort of, his mother was definitely a, a, a very much a victim of domestic violence. Um, his dad was an alcoholic in the navy, and she basically single handedly was a nurse and raised the five children herself. Mm-hmm. And it was really rough, I think. Yeah. Um, for me. It was kind of a strange situation where growing up, we were very upper middle class. My mm-hmm. parents did really well. They traveled a lot for work internationally. They earned a lot, blah, blah, blah. We lived in just like a normal suburb, like an hour outside of Sydney. Um, and I had everything I needed and it was lovely. And then they made a decision to quit their jobs and move us to Orange mm-hmm. when I was in year eight. And when we got to Orange, we definitely moved to a low income household because they couldn't really find jobs Mm -hmm. there was a massive struggle there which eventually led to a lovely fucking excruciating divorce um and a lot of problems and a lot of money problems so when i went to university i basically had to i had their help but i basically was on my own in terms of i had to work two jobs when i was in on campus living on campus um, my mum gave me a few thousand dollars, but out of the $22,000 that it cost to be there, I had two scholarships, mm-hmm. worked two jobs. Um, all of my income from one job solely went to paying the accommodation for the year. And I think my mum gave me like a few thousand dollars, but like that was really pushing it. Yeah. So, and obviously that's still privileged, like to go to university in itself and to be able to get accommodation on campus is like, is a, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite painful though, because living on campus uh, my close friends are very much um some people who acknowledge the privilege and everything that they have mm-hmm. and i think that's like our biggest thing is like don't hide it if your parents have a lot of money like that's actually worse yeah don't be like I don't, I don't, this kid is 400 dollars, baby. yeah it's just a bit ridiculous like just be upfront is always my motto with things like i really love transparency surrounding like well is your, like my, one of my friends is like, oh, my parents are paying off my hex as I go. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not demanding that knowledge, but thanks for letting me know. Like, yeah. because it's easier for me to feel like I would sit with people that go into the dining hall and their parents were paying like, especially if they're an international student, their parents are paying four times the normal amount for their university fees, mm-hmm. plus their accommodation, plus their spending money. And these people would be like, oh, this food is shit. Um. And I would sit there and be like, are you serious? Like we, we have two salad bars and like three meat options. And like, this is so good Mm -hmm. and people just think, oh this is fucking disgusting and i'm like we get it you are just exerting this like Mm -hmm. disgusting attitude Mm -hmm. and for me it's like (sighs) i completely agree if you have privilege and if you have money it's worse to decline an opportunity Mm -hmm. like one of my friends recently attended a dinner where it was like a lot of affluent people and she was attending as a plus one and um a lot of people giving her like networking opportunities and like well we could help set you up with a job blah 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 Mm -hmm. and she was really like oh i don't want that like i don't want to do that like Mm -hmm. blah 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 and i just said kind of like i said well i'm never going to go to that dinner yeah. And I'm never going to meet those people. So declining those opportunities for yourself doesn't do anything but put you on the back foot when you don't need to be. Yeah, Take the opportunity, take the privilege that's been given to you and use it. Mm-hmm. Because... It's not like they, if she said no, they're going to go find someone marginalized to fill the that's job. That's exactly it. Those people aren't going to go, oh, well, we better find someone who's just so like oppressed and needs yeah. this position. It will just go to someone else of the same caliber. Yeah. But it's like, she's one of those people. that's like, I've always earned what I've got. And I'm like well, then take this one. Yeah, You know, because she is someone like that. She's extremely ambitious and all Mm -hmm. these things. And I'm like, I completely agree with the sentiment. I understand it. And I spent a lot of time with the same sort of ideas, but I'm like, you need to use this because it will help someone else in future if you can use this to the benefit of others. Yeah, exactly. And it's a hard thing um, because I I constantly feel guilty for things. Um, And I mean, I'm not even in... I'm, I'm not in a comfortable position at all. Like my income, I realized last week was on the poverty line.
1: Oh, shit. I
0: didn't actually realize that. But I looked at like what a single income is on a weekly basis and like what's on the poverty line. I'm like, it's me. I, di- I didn't even know because mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, but that's not saying anything about what the poverty line is and what we should be living on. But I've just never felt like I was anything but middle class mm-hmm. because I've always been given those opportunities. Yeah. So for me, it was actually quite a shock because I was like, oh, am I struggling?
1: Mm. I was just
0: taken aback by it. I, I actually didn't even know that, like, that wasn't, like, a fine amount.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess there's also a difference, and not to <laughs> discount your poverty line <laughs> salary, but, like, I guess there is a difference when someone is making that who, like, has a family mm. or, like, is doing it between two jobs and working 80 hours a week.
0: agree. I suppose. Absolutely. The conditions of my work are really good. Mm-hmm. I work part-time and study, so that plays into it as well, mm-hmm. but the other thing is, for me, is. It's probably about the education surrounding use of money yeah. so i know how to budget my week i know what's an appropriate amount of rent to pay mm-hmm. i know how much to spend and like if i overspend on something sure but like i'm on the poverty line but i saved a third of my salary this yeah. year so it's confusing because i'm like it's really hard to gauge like what is the factor Mm -hmm. and obviously it's like for me i've actually been given the privilege of all these things to be in a position that i've made myself comfortable on of my own accord but it's really hard for other people to do that when they've only known poverty and things like that whereas i kind of have the experience of both sides of the coin Mm -hmm. um and not Mm -hmm. saying that because i'm a white person in a heterosexual comfortable relationship with and supported by friends and family and all these things like Mm -hmm. with a government job blah 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 like I understand that I am still well off in all these other rich ways yeah. um, and I'm a, I'm, about to, I'm about to start a postgraduate degree so it's not even close to being mm. oppressed or mm-hmm. um, struggling at all but it's just interesting when I was kind of heard that I was like oh I, I just never even thought of that before because every other aspect of my life is just filled with immense privilege yeah so it's it's a confusing thing but I my thought is when considering your own privilege it's just important to in some capacity be transparent mm-hmm. about the nature of your um sort of like for example one of my best friends has a colleague who says like they're great at saving mm-hmm. but she lives at home doesn't pay a bill um is <laughs> on a first year solicitor's <laughs> income essentially and uh, it's just a bit ridiculous because she said like if i move out of home i will be so poor and I'm like, that's actually really, really offensive to all the people that have to work so hard to cover their rent. Yeah. Because I have plenty of money to spare, but what you're saying is that you have a higher lifestyle than me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, it's actually insulting.
1: People who say they're really good at saving when they live at home. with no bills mm. paid. It's that's the thing. Ridiculous. You're actually
0: not good at saving. It's just like you're not spending... You don't it. have expenses. No, it's exactly... It, they're not- probably still
1: paying, spending more on like social activities than you are. But
0: imagine lacking the self-awareness thing. That's a fucking skill that's so true actually like you're you're not skilled you actually have all of the benefits and i think that's the that's the actual core of the fury of people who are marginalized it's like yep. you don't even know what you don't know yes and it's like i i know i'm i'm a victim of that as well i definitely am unaware of a lot of things mm-hmm. um, and experiences because i will always have had the privilege growing up of like a comfortable sort of family home and things like this but i think that the fury really lies within like you actually have no idea what savings are you've never been at risk your safety has never kind of come into question in that capacity because your family's always been there to support you yeah and it's really offensive because your lack of transparency and understanding about what a struggle is Mm. and what's broke and what the value of money is is completely subjective to your experience and it's just fucking rude
1: yeah exactly it's just
0: lacking even the insight to know where to go for the facts on these things she's not interested
1: and i think that's the worst thing like i Um, like my parents so my parents gave me a down payment for this house to this lovely home we're in now and they gave me a significant amount it was about a third of the property or just under a third of the property value Mm. and that's the only reason I am able to own a home yeah I mean I haven't asked them for any money since I moved in yeah and I've been fully independent for that time Mm. but I recently took a pay cut to change my job situation and I think that talking about the poverty line and st- I mean it's not on the poverty line but I took a pay cut definitely so I guess monetarily I'm looking to the outside world less privileged yeah however no like I don't even have to move out of this house because I don't rent it; I own it. no one can remove me from this home I'm still making enough to pay all of my bills I split all of the bills with my boyfriend who lives here and even though again like his job is like less uh secure i suppose than mine but even like we both have savings because we've both been in privileged positions and i know that if worse comes to worst i can call my parents and they can get me out of basically any kind of financial trouble i could have possibly gotten myself in like that that safety net is always there and if you know something were to happen and my parents couldn't help me i have uncles and aunties and grandparents who could all help me and i think that that is like that kind of goes beyond because when you were saying like my salary is on the poverty line i think the privilege goes beyond that kind of money that you have yeah. coming in and it's also like you said money literacy it's it's very expensive to be poor yes it is expensive to pay your rego twice or 12 times a year than it is to pay it once a year every time you're late on a bill you get a fee when i'm late on a bill it's because i forgot about it and i deserve to pay the fee but if you are late on a bill because you cannot afford it it becomes more expensive and you know there's there'll be a lot of people who wouldn't even know that like Phones on plans so much more expensive, but when you look at it from the outside, it's like, oh, I could get the newest iPhone and pay fifty nine dollars a month. Like that sounds really great. You wouldn't even think some people Over who didn't have the months
0: you're paying exactly, more. exactly, yeah. and
1: some people wouldn't even be in the decision where they would consider that because I'm pretty sure someone told me that to my face once, and I was like, oh,
0: yeah, it's hard.
1: And also, corporations prey on the poor, so there's
0: that. Things like afterpay,
1: yeah. oh. I despise afterpay.
0: I'm a victim of afterpay. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> really not. But I used to work in retail and see people coming in, especially at Christmas, and, like, I would see people putting $10 pairs of shoes on afterpay. Yeah. And it honestly broke my soul. Yeah. because It's really sad. It, it's really... It is horrible to mm-hmm. look at because you're like, they're also banking on late fees. They're yeah. Banking on them not being able to repay those, like, a mountaining. Exactly.
1: <sighs> well, even the fact that I don't really buy much anymore, I don't really have too much um you know fun spending not because i banned myself from doing it i just like honestly don't spend a lot of money anymore but one of the reasons is because i have got into like a more minimalist lifestyle which i just
0: Fuck. you're sitting behind <laughs> this wall of equipment that's like very valuable it's a complete wall of life. Uh,
1: most of it's not mine um but i have adopted more of a minimalist lifestyle <laughs> and i have stopped looking at it <laughs> anyway um and i also am educated on like the evilness of capitalism and commercialism because i'm like well corporations just tell us we need these things Mm -hmm. so that we spend money so i have been able to because i have had access to a lot of education which i'm you know paying off after the fact because i didn't have to pay it up front i was able to educate myself and understand like a sales not just a sale like, it's not – they're not doing it for us. It's not for the customer. It's for, you know, business. And fast fashion brands, They their agenda is to make money. And when you start to understand that, I think that's when people start to consume less. Yes. So I'm then now more educated about how that stuff works and I'm less likely to spend a lot of money.
0: But it's also just a bit horrible when a lot of activists come out and say, like, if you shop fast fashion – like, you are the problem. That's
1: so privileged. And it's
0: like, yeah, exactly. How can you not even identify that that's coming from an immense place of, like, well, I can go out. Like, a lot of people don't even have the time to go to secondhand shops and things like that because they are working jobs. Let alone they don't,
1: like, fit everybody. And
0: afford things. I know it's it's so bigoted and privileged in so many ways that can't identify that, like, I'm of size 14, 16. I can't even go to op shops and find things that yeah. work for me. And, like, yeah. that I'm a normal size as exactly. well. Like, it's just crazy. Um, and the costs, yeah. The it's, oh, it, like, I, tr- like, I'm not very good with, I don't shop at, like, extreme fast fashion shit, like, I'm not gonna name names, but, like, there's <laughs> something that you can just tell are obscenely cheap. Yeah. Two years ago, I did. Yeah. Um, and it is just difficult, like, especially with things like Black Friday and Click Frenzy, and mm-hmm. they're sort of condemning people, like, on this day, an Amazon delivery truck leaves, and this is a fact, every 93 seconds somewhere wow. in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Why are you condemning someone who is trying to save some money on their kids' Christmas presents? Yeah. On during a sale. Mm-hmm. And I get that there's a lot of issues surrounding like mega sales where they like bump the prices the weeks before to like make the sales look better and like there's there's a lot of issues surrounding this. But I I get that like there and we obviously wrote an article about Friday, so you know like there's huge issues with like the environmental impacts with mm. days like that. But it's, like, it's really hard to just blanket condemn people from particip- for participating in those things when some people need to to be able to afford and break up their spending for the rest of the year as well. Yeah, Like, exactly. it's coming from this place of, like, well, do you know how it feels?
1: Well, ironically, I think that the people who are sharing this, like, anti-Black Friday, etc. and, like, anti-fast fashion are the people who are first to... You know jump up and apologize for their privilege Yeah. and which brings us to the next topic um i don't believe that apologizing for your privilege is particularly productive
0: i don't think it's helpful to the people that aren't privileged either exactly i don't think it's making anyone it's, feel better it's actually just a weird way of acknowledging and being like oh i'm sorry this happened to me it's
1: virtue signaling yeah. in my opinion because and like your friend who got offered that job like yeah. Imagine what someone who, let's say someone was in the position of your friend who got the job offer at the dinner. Yeah, I don't know your friend. So let's just say this person is like, you know, an activist or like has some passions about, you know, let's say just women in the workplace. If a person like that gets a job offer, even if they are in a very privileged position and, you know, in quotes, could find a job on their own, if they take a job at a company that is probably full of um, nepotism Mm. and people who have just been hired. Like a person who is hungry to make change put into an organization or a company like that has so much impact because they can actually start to make a change. And if you are privileged in the workforce, then, and if you, particularly if you're in a higher up position, you can actually start to make change in the workplace and you know, hire, start influencing, hiring like diverse hires or pushing for more environmentally friendly practices, things like cultural sensitivity, awareness and training and things like that. So people, even though you might be privileged, and I think that, I also think that, a lot of the time activists are the most privileged people because yeah. like activists have, they have the time, time and the resources exactly and like have been taught it's just that unfortunately in the world that we live in someone who does have that privilege who is white who is straight who is australian mm. is going to actually attract more of an audience when they stand up and say something yeah. than someone who is really oppressed or marginalized because no one like they don't get off at a platform a lot of the time which is why i think that it is A responsibility for privileged people to take advantage of their privilege and use it to you know rectify things balance the scales whatever needs to be done
0: but it's also a weird expectation I think for some organizations of things that they need to like all the time like we, we need a more diverse culture at this like not for profit or like in this sector blah 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 and it's like but do you understand that volunteering is not an option yeah for a lot of diverse people exactly they don't have time they don't have the energy they, honestly they, it's not their job to educate you yeah or like fill in your gaps or like hit your quotas yes and that's really unfortunate like it's really unfortunate you're like, oh, we need this person to like, you know, average our age range. You needed more diverse culture at the workplace or the organization or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just think like, one, do not make this person feel ever like they've been high for that reason. That's actually disgusting. Mm -hmm. And you're actually just, yeah, again, it's pure virtue signaling. Yeah. It's, Oh God, it's, it's part of the problem. Yeah, it is. And yeah, I, it just gets me. So it, I don't even know what to say to that besides it's gross.
1: So this is kind of the opposite of what you just said. I know someone who has a friend who is Indigenous and he was studying law. I think he's a lawyer now. I'm not sure. But he got an internship at one of the top law firms and in his signature, it had his name and then it had Indigenous intern on the signature.
0: Oh my God, that's awful.
1: And my friend, who is his friend, was like, what the fuck? Like, that is terrible and he was kind of like well you know it, it is what it is i'm happy for the opportunity huh. and i was like that's interesting because i don't i'm not in the business of telling people that they should be offended by things that um, no, i find i'm offended I, for on their behalf I agree. like it's absolutely messed up of the law firm to do that mm. completely um and just the fact that he has to be identified as that every single time he sends an email yeah. because it's like because to me that's just like oh like you can't see him so you need to know that he's indigenous just in case that might come up and be because we're trying
0: to show you exactly it's all about their look it's not about that person yes i'm sure he is an extremely capable individual that was probably hired on merit yeah but it's like why then do you have to label it like that and cause so much offense yeah okay even if he wasn't offended it's like it's actually so likely that someone would look at that and be deeply hurt
1: yes exactly and i also wonder if because obviously i don't have um any experience like that Because I've never felt like that as a woman, personally. Very lucky, hashtag blessed, Um, to have not been felt like that. To have not.
0: Oh, yeah, damn. (laughs) Felt like
1: that Um, in the workplace. I have in other places. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Yep.
0: Um Well, I, I've had a job interview like that that we discussed. Yes. Well, in when you apply for any government job, if you apply for a government job, they have like um, diversity like boxes that you have to tick, and one of them is women, which is really interesting because why is being a woman a social group? Yes. Um, a social group that's like identifiable diverse. as diverse, where uh, 50% <laughs> of the population. Yep. Very confusing. Um, but I ticked it. I always tick it because like it's kind of weird to apply and not tick it because I am. So yeah, I don't know. It's always confusing. You it would be mean? weird not to. Yes.
1: Because then they probably call you and be like. Hannah, that's a woman's name. I just want to check if you're a liar now.
0: (laughs) You can't not take it. When I I got the call for the job and I thought, they said, you know, we want to come, we want you to come in and take an exam. And I was like, that's odd. This is a government role. Pretty stock standard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I entered the room and it was a test with, it was, they had 300 applicants. They shortlisted to 15. And then so i was in the room with i think it was about eight or nine so it's only probably half of the people that were shortlisted but i was the only woman and you were significantly younger i was at least 15 to 20 years younger than the next person in the room essentially interesting they were all in full suits mm-hmm. men bearded definitely probably some grandchildren popped out of them like really yeah wow some i i would say their age range was from 37 to 58. holy crap yeah so I felt really out of my depth. It was a bit of a boys club. They all kind of knew each other. And I was just like a completely external person coming in to take this exam. Mm -hmm. And then I passed it. They said I was in the top three. So then they, I was brought in for a panel interview, which was like a, um, 15 minute like I had 15 minutes to prepare from the questions they gave me and then I presented for 30 and then they, they interview actually went for a total of 75 minutes because they wanted to ask me so many questions about my CV nice. and I thought this is really interesting I must be going good they said like I was one of the top testers and blah blah blah. like I really performed well mm-hmm. and they were like your CV so interesting for someone of your age or your age your age blah, blah. and I was like oh, oh they you. kept bringing it up yeah and I knew that I was probably because obviously there was only three of us that I think went in for the final interview and the person performing was a man so I was like well Was there another woman? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Were there women on the panel? Yes, two out of four. Okay. And so I was just confused. I was just sitting there answering the questions and I was a bit frazzled because it went for so long and it was just a bit of an uncomfortable experience. And then I just left thinking, nah, I'm not going to get it. I know. I've Mm -hmm. I've done well, but I'm not going to get it. And then a week later I got the call and they said to me, they said, oh, you know, the feedback is that your application was fantastic your presentation was fantastic but you just don't have the same amount of experience as the other candidates and i just thought but you knew that because i was and 15 to you? 20 years younger than the other candidates yeah so are you meaning at the especially in things like government roles do you have to meet a quota in who you um shortlist for your job applications like i don't understand mm. how it works but my and maybe i wasn't the person best person in the job i clearly didn't have the same experience but walking away from that i just thought was i just filling a box for you mm-hmm. i don't know well it's and hopefully you take this at face
1: facebook yeah, I, I, just... <laughs> I feel like enough time fa- has yeah. passed but there is a chance that they um you know potentially could have brought you in could have shortlisted you initially and then were possibly surprised at how well you did on the test yeah had you considered that um because i guess if like in government roles like you know you could maybe you have to just take the top people from who performed on the test
0: yeah i think i think that's what happened because it's an external um marker
1: yeah right so
0: um i had to go to a separate um recruiter a private recruiter to take the exam and they marked it and gave them the best Mm -hmm. so that's that is what happened essentially i must have um, outperformed the other candidates yeah um got into the top three and then they've in the interview but again like why why, i just like don't waste my time no agree because i went in for like some on my lunch breaks i was like really not i was going in for two a 75 minute exam and then a 75 minute interview two weeks in a row yeah it's quite onerous and especially because like the interview itself was like it was a lot and mm. it was hard asked questions about my resume and my like policy experience and things like that and you know different and not-for-profit work i've done and like I, I, I was like taken aback by how interested they were yeah. I think which is why I was like I, I, I didn't think I walked away thinking there's one position here Yeah, I'm not going to get it They're, because I knew the other candidates were going to be men who were 40 years old mm-hmm. so of course they've got it but I kind of just walked away a bit disenfranchised with the process like look I was probably I gave it a red hot go but I, I knew from the start like yeah. I, I had a funny feeling from the start that this was not good mm-hmm. yeah. well, I
1: think when you walk into a like shortlisted room like that and yeah. see that there's all of these people like it's we can't compete with that kind of experience. No. It's just, like, we don't... We haven't had enough years of life.
0: But also for a 22-year-old law graduate, you know, white female, I'm walking out of there like, they've oppressed me. And it's like, I can't even imagine how someone else might feel. Yeah. Like, I felt, like, a bit like, Oh, I'm a bit of a quote like I'm a bit of a box tick as a woman but it's like mm-hmm. that is ridiculous like I can't even imagine what someone would feel who's actually part of a marginalized group yeah for me I, I walked away thinking like why do I feel offended like this should actually just spur me on yes yeah but it it is yeah I god
1: I actually work in an industry dominated by women communications is you know dominant dominated by women as is you know marketing I don't know about advertising it might be yeah but anyway So I don't really necessarily foresee that happening to me as much, which is nice. But the people who are the heads of like, you know, PR agencies, marketing agencies, comms, they're always men. Like men are always at the top of these. So I think that it probably, for me, it would be more of like just the glass ceiling. Like it's easier for you to come in, but you can't go, you can't go up. to stay there yes in your
0: cubicle well that's it and i think especially in the legal industry in the past few years i think uh, what's funny is that when you're in the legal industry and i'm not really i'm pretending right now when you're in the legal industry though you kind of know that it's dominated by men like you Mm. know that bad things happen to associates and clerks and things and you know that like juniors have junior females have bad experiences with senior male partners occasionally like it just happens yeah yeah And that's kind of just like a public secret, yeah. you know, Um, and it's a stigma, I think, that's stuck around. And then last year when um, the high court judge was sort of, it came out that he had sort of like sexually harassed one of his former um, clerks. Oh, God. Oh, associate, judge's associate, sorry. I can't actually remember what her position was, sorry. It was like a shock to the public that someone of such a stature and um a sort of moral high ground would have done something like this. What, like a priest? Oh, I know, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought when I said that to you. And it was like... shocked Do shocking. you understand that it comes back to the same perspective on like the Weinstein situation mm. where it's like you don't say anything as a woman not because you like it not because you consented to it but because your career may be destroyed if you try yeah i sometimes as a woman you just decide like then and there in that moment like this is actually traumatizing yeah but i need my career and you just put your feelings aside from it which is not okay and it's not right Mm -hmm. but i think that it's like very comparative in a lot of industries it's just surprising when the public is like gobsmacked by something like this yeah when the industry itself is very aware and not surprised yeah
1: and well i think that um opens up to another hot topic women who are in privileged positions or anyone really anyone in a privileged position i think they have more of a responsibility to speak out about something like that because and i i say this a lot and i know it's not it's not really very good but i hope that um it's uh enough to be somewhere yeah but i hold women to a high standard than men a lot of the time and i think that's just my natural kind of instinct um and i again i don't really think it's ideal but i think it's because uh women can do a lot more damage to the cause of feminism than men can because when a man is saying something about feminism it can i it can arguably be dismissed as him being um uninformed and it's also quite typical like we've heard it all before but when a woman says something anti-feminist feminist it kind of it can actually damage the movement you said that in
0: your julie bishop i Pod. did i did yes. shout out shout out pr in politics other side hustle mm-hmm. one of many one of many
1: um and so when there is a woman up at the top um and i understand that sometimes even a woman being towards the top is not she's still not safe from you know being fired or whatever but it's kind of like this um cheryl sandberg argument yeah. is that she put places the blame on individuals for not trying hard enough when it's the actual fact is that they were not offered the position or the privilege Um, it's an
0: institutional issue
1: exactly so I do believe I get really disappointed when I see women like um, Sheryl Sandberg you know getting to take the mic and say well I did it so why can't all of these other women Mm. because I think that is the responsibility of women who make it whether, you know, whatever means that may be, maybe nepotism, maybe they tried really hard, maybe they were really privileged, um, who knows, whatever the, the case may be, it's. I think it's a responsibility of them to, you know, reach down and... Um, like help the next person
0: yeah like... well it's like i i've been watching i watched the film bombshell mm-hmm. i've watched a couple of times now i quite i don't like the structure but it doesn't matter what i think about the film <laughs> so they're working it's about fox news and the sort of downfall of roger ailes and the sexual assault uh, mm-hmm. harassment lawsuit yep and Charlize the ron plays megan kelly who's like a lead anchor for fox and was a law firm partner i think before that and when she approaches margot robbie's character to ask like have you been harassed by roger and margot's like how did you know and then is like well we find each other because essentially in that moment like margot's being forced to like you know perform sexual acts on him in order to kind of further her career otherwise Mm. she's out forever right um and like that character margot robbie's character kind of says like well why haven't you done anything about it like you like it's it's actually completely in your power now as one of the leading anchors with her own show at Fox News mm. to do something about this. Like you're just shutting up and you've never said anything, and then you just like got to the top and like kept being quiet even like though you kind of knew what yeah. was happening to me and others. Mm-hmm. And Shal- Shalice Theron said, "It's not my responsibility to protect you," and she said, "It's all of our responsibility." Mm-hmm. And it's like that's actually a really good argument because it's actually not the job of people like and it kind of came out with um with the whole Weinstein thing with um, Angelina Jolie yes. blah 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 and it's like who, like I think people are throwing blame and I think when we throw blame we're at risk of making the problem not the man mm-hmm. which I think is the biggest turn off of things like that Yeah, but I would hope that if something had happened to me and I worked my way up in an industry and then something happened to a younger person who told me mm. I hope that always and forever I will be the person to do something about it
1: so do I and this is kind of I'm gonna argue both sides
0: Ooh. because it's
1: things that i've thought I about i hate a devil's advocate <laughs> <laughs> i didn't use that term specifically <laughs> um so i so okay i haven't seen Bom- bombshell but um so i'm just going to make some assumptions but okay so someone who is a woman who is a what is she an anchor yeah of her own show at fox news probably doesn't have as much power as you might think they do from the outside yeah so i suppose I don't know when you told me that scene i'm gonna go watch the movie using the words it's not my job to protect you is messed up Yes, like what a thing to say to a victim when you know exactly what kind of position they're in like
0: terrible and i think she just says it because they're both victims so it's like well it's like palming it because you can't because we're both in the same boat but you're not really
1: no exactly so it's very terrible but also just because she is an anchor she doesn't necessarily have the power like, she's, she probably still doesn't have enough power in that instance. I'm talking hypothetical, because, again, have not seen the movie. I always think, because I am a fairly resilient person who has...
0: Okay, there's this bird that <laughs> Kristen just wants to kill. It's, like, really aggressive.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I have the privilege of very good mental health and um, first child syndrome and all What's these time? things that just have kind of combined. And I'm someone who is, like, if I see injustice, I must act, take uh-huh. action. I would be more likely to be the person who does actually stand up. Because this actually happened in, and I'm not allowed to give details because we went to mediation, but in a previous workplace, I actually resigned from a job because the the situation was unacceptable, completely unacceptable. And I resigned because I had another job and I didn't need the money. Mm. But there were lots of women who worked there who I was like, well, that is like, this is a completely unacceptable situation and I am willing and happy to resign and take this to the next level mm. because I have the benefit of not needing the money and also the benefit of like good resilience that I'm not going to be scarred from this forever yeah. so I am going to take it there but a lot of people are not in that position and I think it goes even beyond the privilege of being you know white and um uh, middle class and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's actually like the kind of person that you are and i kind of i don't know it's i really would only apply that to myself i think because i don't really think it's fair to project it onto others but when i look at you know the cheryl sandbergs of the world i'm like that is so unfair. Like, how dare you? Yeah. Truly. Cause she has shown shown us that she has the power, she has the privilege, but she's not willing to bring women up with her because she thinks that they have to what fight the same fight that she fought, even though she had the privilege of like all of the childcare that she had for one example, yeah. one very small example. And I just think that's totally messed up. Like, why not? I don't know. I the thing that um Hillary Clinton said in the documentary, and I think it was from her speech. I don't know if it was when she lost to trump or when she lost the nomination to obama but she said even though the glass ceiling is not shattered it's um got cracks
0: is what she said i think that was a nomination
1: yes okay great i think it's a shame and i have lots of thoughts about this i think it's a shame that the first woman to do anything is going to have a terrible time frankly and i think it's really disappointing when that woman who's not Hillary clinton by the way but that woman then turns around and is like, well, now you have to struggle as much as I did. Like, that's, that's so messed up. It's ridiculous.
0: It's like what I really liked about Julia Gillard when she was talking, when she did her book tour recently for like the Women Leadership book. Mm-hmm. And she was saying like, the thing that we've learned from um, places like Norway and New Zealand is it gets easier. Yeah. For every woman that comes after the first. Yeah. And she's like, "If my, I hope that can serve well in this country because mm. I had it rough. But like, I hope that I've paved some sort of way. For like a, a slight a slightly better opportunity and circumstance for the next person to fulfill that role
1: yeah and she absolutely did yeah like and she took so much crap no oh, and there's like i mean surely there's no way that the second woman can cop as much flack as she did no surely
0: she was honestly for the first female prime minister to be unmarried mm. and childless kids, yep is in honestly A very interesting outcome. I, I, yeah, I applaud her. That would been really tough that backlash.
1: Yes, for sure. And she kind of implied that this was like the thing that kind of set off the whole thing. Was that on her very first in her very first press conference as prime minister, she answered a question that a journalist asked about her jacket. A journalist was like, "Oh, where did you get your jacket? Or who is who's your jacket by?" And she answered it, and she said, "I wish." To God, that I did not answer that question yeah. because she's like, I feel like I just started. I opened the
0: floodgates. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Which, again, it's like, it's not her fault. Yeah. Wh-
0: I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. She was being polite. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and then she was like, that was it. Yeah. Like, that's horrid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And her f- imagine what that would have looked like if she, on her first day as the first woman prime minister, was like ignoring questions. That also would have been bad.
0: I know. It's, I mean, it's actually interesting because I didn't think about it until we started this podcast, like here right now, that I've had multiple workplaces where like serious issues have arisen mm-hmm. of this nature mm-hmm. in one of my first workplaces um which I was there for a few years uh there was a manager who was extremely touchy with underage girls including myself mm-hmm. and i never thought about it to be honest and that's ridiculous because i'm a really hardline feminist <laughs> and because it was happening to me i thought oh that's not that's not what it is yeah um and then, no, I never said anything and I thought it was only happening to me. Mm-hmm. And then when I was about to leave and I was, I was literally on my way out, like a week away, one of the other managers had discovered that another girl had quit for, on that premise. Right. And Is that why you left? No, I was just moving on. Okay. Um, and the manager came to me and said, would you be willing to like sign a statement or blah, blah, blah. But this man that had done these things was retiring in six months. Right. And I was moving. So yeah. I just wanted to be done. Yeah. And I didn't know how extensive it was and blah, blah, blah. I just knew he wasn't very well liked. But, like, I didn't know how deeply it ran with, like, the touching and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still don't. Like, I don't know if it was, like, if what happened to me was worse than what happened to anyone else. Yeah, But i only thought about it like in the past couple of years i just thought well i fucked up Mm. because i had been there for years longer than the other girls that this had happened to yeah and i was in the same position as them like technically on like a technicality basis of the position Mm -hmm. but i was in a much more prominent position in like the social side of the workplace yeah and my statement probably would have done something serious Mm -hmm. and i just was like be gone yeah and because i was like over it and I think at the time I thought, oh, he'll be gone soon. Yeah. And, like, I just... It's honestly also a reflection of the fact that what I thought happened to me wasn't wrong until years later. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, I thought it was older male attention. Yeah. Um, and then as an adult, I've looked back and been like, well, that was fucked, to be honest. Yeah. And, like, that wouldn't fly. If someone did that to me in my current workplace, I would be going to the police. Yes. So it was just an odd situation. Like, I never even tell my parents. Like, if they listen to this, I'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, honestly, it just didn't. Mm. wasn't something I thought about. I thought oh, I'm the favourite. That's what I thought that meant. Yeah. I never even thought about it. And then, like, cu- like I recently took on a freelance position where I ended up alone with a man in a room for two hours who sexually harassed me. And then I left and I thought, oh, that was awful. Mm. And I left and I called someone. And when I called someone, I started crying. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. When I was in the room, I didn't even think it was bad until I started repeating what he was, like, threatening me with. Yeah. And when I started crying, I just thought, oh. And then I told my other workplace and they were like you need to go to the police and then I I just didn't Mm. and my bloody job is in criminal fucking law yeah and I was like no and I I I can't even imagine it because I'm also the oldest child person who's like, I will stick it to anyone who does it to anyone else in front of me. Like if I see something happening, I'm like, no, you fuck off. Like I am the person who, if I'm in the street, like waiting for a train, I look at other women on the platform to make sure everything's okay. Yes, me too. I'm on a train and I see a man like turning on to talk to a woman. I watch until he stops. Yeah. Like I'm definitely that person that like waits. I've literally like helped a small child off a bus because they weren't sure what was going on and they were sitting with someone that I got bad vibes from. Mm. And they like looked at me and I was like, yeah you and you can sit with me and stuff like i'm definitely that person yeah but when it happens to me i'm like Hmm? i'm fine though yeah, yeah. But that's it and I, I didn't but even... I, th- I think it actually makes sense it does yeah but it's like really hard to think about because i'm like why do i treat myself differently yeah and it's like and why am i not holding these other people accountable when that's what i stand for and that's what i believe in yeah and i don't think of myself as like a victim or survivor of anything i'm like oh this just happens to everyone interesting you say that just remembered something
1: so prior to the my taking something to mediation which i um also should mention that one of my family members worked there with me which is one of the reasons why i did it a few years prior to that i used to go to this guy for um remedial massage right and a lot of people who i knew went there as well to him and a few things happened in the massage where like the um like towel kept slipping down and i kept pulling it up pulling it up pulling it up pulling it up and i was like he just like held a stream of like I knew him as a friend mm-hmm. prior to this and he just held up the stream of conversation and I didn't feel like he was like looking so I was kind of like that's weird that the tower keeps slipping like kept pulling it up kept, kept pulling it up etc and um I only had the one massage from him but then a couple of like the other women who also went to him I don't know exactly how it came out but it started talking and someone was like you know it's like weird Mm. and then we spoke to another massage therapist who was like we do training so that the towel does not slip like the towel never slips like that's not a thing that happens right and we were just like
0: i've never thought about something like this before yeah yeah and
1: we were like shit like that's that's fucked and then i ended up like all of us obviously um we actually got him like removed from his, his position mm. we were seeing him
0: in like a like pay cash oh i understand it's kind of like when someone like Tafe offers you like a, a free haircut for training yes yeah correct
1: you know what i'm actually going to talk about it in detail because i just realized there's no reason why i shouldn't yeah so okay so i used to be part of a gym mm. and he was there and worked in one of the rooms so basically yeah. the gym owner was just like like i'll help you out mate like and Okay, he was actually used to be a drug addict and he had like rehabilitated himself and was like, you know, on the way on the road to recovery. Yeah. So there was always an air of like he did he'd done something really important and that shouldn't be overlooked. Mm. So that was why he was given the opportunity to use that room. Yeah. And so a lot of us like um and like guys went as well. The guys and the girls. Anyway, so this we found out what was happening and eventually communicated and then the gym owner actually came to me and was like did this happen in your massage and i actually felt really bad for him because he was clearly extremely uncomfortable and really angry and he was like did the towel keep slipping and i was like yes and he's just like okay this is what's happened that's
0: really fucked.
1: Oh so he booted him obviously um, we never saw him again. But I then found out that another, another one of the women who like had seen him months prior and had that issue, and he had, like like just the same kind of thing. But she hadn't said anything for months. And I actually, in my head at that time, was like, "It's a bit fuck. You didn't say anything." But then now, when like after that happened, he got booted. Like the gym owner was like saying, "Oh, you know, like you." should all get together and write a complaint and actually like submit it because he's going to go get another job now and he he did we knew where he was working but we never did the complaint and it was just because it was kind of like a well we all have to get together and we all have to write it down and i don't know it wasn't even that i didn't want to do it it was kind of just one of those things where it was like well like i'm glad he's not around me anymore and we kind of just didn't ever get around to it so i guess i had it was very like contradictory because i felt annoyed that one of the women had experienced it and hadn't said anything but then in turn i had not yes i have not reported it and now i actually haven't thought about in a long time so i'm going to report him um but then after that experience the the place where i took a workplace to mediation happened after that because by that time i had kind of like grown into myself more and i was just like no like this is not allowed and it's not okay so it is it's i don't know i think it's like easy to say oh like i should have done more but in the moment it's kind of i don't know there's like so many reasons why you don't yeah which is not ideal i don't want to give an excuse to myself no
0: Well, with the situation with my, like, recent situation where I met this person I was doing freelance work for, um, and they sexually harassed me. Because, like, the thing is, and this is definitely the product of the places I've worked in and, like, a lot of my work experience, like, I lived and worked on campus, so I was exposed to a lot of training for, like, um, sexual assault disclosure, Mm -hmm. um, mental health issues, like, calling ambulances on a variety of mental health issues and like self-harm situations. And I've actually been in those positions before. And then my other work is legal. And I worked in like a organization that deals purely with um, prisoners. Mm-hmm. I've worked in places that deals with purely prosecuting criminals. And so it's like, I've had a lot of exposure to a lot of really confronting material, mm-hmm. um, people, facts, all of these things. And for me to be rattled. Yeah. But also for me to be, Like, I understand that I'm quite cynical and I have the worst impression of society. Mm. And it's kind of hard because when I hear, like, why didn't you warn me about this job and I was traumatised by it, it so exemplifies that especially men don't understand the danger other men pose. Yes, When I meet someone who's going into these fields, I'm like, well it's not like a ha ha good luck yeah. i hate that because it's like actually take a minute and realize that this person is going to have to deal with their mental health at some point with this job yeah and it's really important to take it seriously in some capacity and say like what do you like i always ask like co-workers of things like what are your methods like how do you compartmentalize this information mm. and like deal with what you're being confronted with and things like that and you can't ever really truly do it like i think it has really lasting impacts on like your mental health i mean it does for me but It's really unfortunate, I think, that uh, there's, like, a lack of realisation and understanding about the impacts of of circumstances and situations and experiences like that. Like, I consider myself to be quite a robust person that can deal with that sort of confrontation, and I freaked out. Yeah. And it's like, I can't even imagine how it would be for someone who was doing, like, that was their first job or and why isn't it recognized that that would traumatize someone like why yeah. can't we need to be a bit more alert to the fact that this is a terrible circumstance and someone doesn't have to experience that even
1: you know when you start a new job ever it's kind of all rainbows and sunshine yeah like no one will particularly if it's not like a you know management. Yes. like you know you have all the info now but when you're coming into a position a lower position no one tells you how yeah. to navigate the workplace. They're just like, haha Yeah, this is so great, and that's mm. so great, and yay!" It's in Microsoft Word. Exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. Which I, I, I hate. Um, and it's yeah. it's such a shame. And that was like one of the. So I recently started a new job, and one of like the standouts for me was that in the first couple of days, everything was kind of laid out on the table, mm. and it was great. And it was like. These are like the struggles that we've had in the past and this is how we've overcome them. And this thing isn't quite like at 100%, but we're working on it. Like it wasn't just like, ah, it's going to be so fun. I'm so glad you're on board. Like I just, like we shouldn't have to figure that stuff out ourselves. Like if if it's as serious as, you know, um, uh, like a boss who is, uh harasser Mm. um or even as small as like oh this person is like very passive aggressive and so it would pay it would you know suit you really well to be really nice to them yeah
0: like that's exactly it and it, it constantly surprises me by how um sort of fake and disingenuous the workplace is and the corporate sort of life is generally because like you spend most of your life
1: here yeah, with yep. these
0: people mm-hmm. this is just like day in day out you're going to be dealing with this yeah so why are we still like kind regardsing i know like fuck <laughs> i i can't even deal with it it's from every level of the scale like yeah. from everything from like the absolute stuffiness of how people are in the workplace mm-hmm. and just like how like fake emails are and how fake conversation is and just is a bit dribble to be yeah. honest and it goes from that lump. you know yes. it should go the transparency especially between women that's the thing mm. I'm, I'm looking for even a look yeah even if it's too early to actually say something <laughs> i'm looking for a like be careful
1: yeah me too and i think because i've been in the situation where i have um i've been in both situations i've been in a situation when i have said like watch out yeah and i've been in a situation where i have been like oh i don't want to ruin their day yeah (laughs) because some people take a risk on a job obviously you don't know everything so i don't want to them to come in on their first day and be like this thing sucks a lot um i just yeah but i think the whole culture needs to change and i think that once again the people in the privileged positions are the people who should be changing it
0: i mean in a way i guess what we just said is like kind of semi-counterproductive because we've gone from saying like well, the women in charge and the people in prominent positions, even the good guys, if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Send us an email. Yeah, please
0: let us know um, if you are one. If you are experiencing or know of that like someone is being harassed, and yeah. you, it's actually probably not good to turn to the new person and say, watch out. Yeah. You probably should be doing something way more productive. Agreed. But... You know, if you're, if you're in like a semi sort of not an entry level, but like an associate level position, like an officer, a coordinator of something. If and that's you, all you can do. Yeah. If your only approach to safety and protection of others is like mm. letting them, letting them know. Yeah. You should be doing it. Yeah. If you should be doing, if if doing that's what's the in most your you capacity. Yeah, yeah, For sure. For sure. If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode.
1: Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye.
0: Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>